It's Friday night. We want to welcome you guys live to the journey. Uh, we are here in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, chilling on the podcast. Uh, it's been about a week since we were last here. So uh, just to let you know, you can catch us every Friday live on Facebook, YouTube. Also, during the week, you can catch the audios on Spotify, Podomatic, anywhere that you can find a podcast, you will find us. John Brown, Grace and Truth is how you would find that. And uh also, to let you guys know, feel free to share the broadcast. Also, to say hi, hi, Caroline. And, um, you know, be a part of what we're doing. Jump in, comment, all those things. Uh, we welcome it. Also, uh, just want to let you guys know, if you want to be a part of what we're doing financially and help us out to continue to do what God's showing us to do here, you can go to www.hcm-stratford.org. Say it again, www.hcm-stratford.org. There's a donate button. You can do that there. And remember, sharing is caring. So throughout the night, if uh, we say something that hits you or whatever, feel free to share the broadcast. And uh, that should be about it. That's all the announcements, I think. We'll get rid of those. I'm almost there. John's just caring right now. He's sharing. There you go. <laughs> Oh man, it's been a been a good week for for just revelating. It should be a good week this week, and you know, um, one of the things that you guys can do is whenever there's things that come out, um, there's normally um, already teaching on that that we've talked about before that you can go and catch and and listen to beforehand in previous episodes, especially like John will sometimes say. Hey, you know, this was in a previous episode. Go check it out. So make sure you do that. Eddie is on our core group of people. Come on. Excited to be back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's always good. Right away, I can already feel his presence. Why? Because he's always here. (laughs) He can't not be here. You've never been sober. <laughs> You've never been sober. It's just in your mind. That's right. Woo. You know, the Ask goodness. Brother Lawrence. Come on. Well, and, and Paul, that when he yeah. says, uh, you know, I'm trying to apprehend that, which is apprehending, apprehending me. me. So on our journey tonight to seek God, he's actually been seeking us mm-hmm. that we would see the truth and be set free. So, yeah. It's really a tag team kind of thing. It is. You know, for so many years I thought and was taught um, that we were pursuing him. Yeah. And then one day when I found out that he was pursuing me, 
in the Song of Solomon, I was kind of shocked and went, oh my gosh, I'll let myself be caught. Well, and you <laughs> see it in your own testimony. Yeah. You weren't in the car accident crying out for God. No. But yet he brought you to a place where you had an encounter. Mm-hmm. You weren't in the bathroom the night of the liquid love encounter crying out, show me your face. No. But yet it showed up. Yeah. And it's like I've realized that sometimes in our blindness he shows up the most because then we can't take credit for it through self-righteousness. Right, right. Sometimes the crazy thing is is God won't reveal things sometimes because he doesn't want to fortify the lie. See, yeah, it's hard to understand that stuff, you know. Like for the longest time I was kind of frustrated and maybe even a little angry um, at it in me. And then I realized it was all part of the journey. Yes. It's just that you can't stay there, right? Uh, like, a, yeah. a, 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 it's not going to help you. That which was seemed freeing will become a prison Yeah, if you don't move on. Well, and, like, we've even had conversations, like, you know, where your kids grew up in revival. Right. So that's religion to them. To them, yeah. So what does God have to do for them to show them who he is? Yeah, you know? how bizarre, eh? You know, come on. Like I knew, um, I had the honor to uh, meet and know um, Jacko Jr. Right, and just <coughs> the stories he tells. Oh man, and uh, the miracles he saw made miracles just normal for yeah. him. Like anytime he got sick, he went to the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. anytime the doctor said you got months to live, he went to God. Yeah, and just did whatever the Lord showed him, and that guy beat countless things countless times like he beat diabetes one time like 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 major diabetes not like you're like oh you might be they were like you're gonna die sir Mm -hmm. you know and god just showed him how to beat it and walked him right out of it it was like he wrote a book about it or something you know this is what i loved about john g lake where it said that it wasn't only that he would pray and sick would be get healed it's that god told him how he did it yeah that's wild so he, basically, John had the technology. Yeah, he had revelation, and therefore it wasn't a matter of faith anymore. No. It was a matter of knowing. That's right. He actually knew. He wasn't just going, please, please. Exactly. <laughs> he wasn't a beggar. Can we please, have some sir? more, please? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, this is where I've operated out of. <laughs> all of us. Like, it's a new day for sure. It's an awakening. It's uh, a time of progressive light, like Proverbs says from the... The righteous ones, it says, from the dawning of the morning to the fullness of the day. And that's, mm. that is the ladder. That is the progression. Come you know, on. It's for freedom. Christ said it's free. Well, free and freedom are a ways apart called a, a mountain or a ladder. And so it's for freedom that Christ wants to bring us into that place. But he set us free. And when he did that, he gave us the Holy Spirit to bring us into all truth. Yeah. Which is where freedom is, which is where the Father is, which he is the light. I, you know, I'm the way, the truth, the light, the eternal life. Mm. Right? It's the Father. I, I had a interesting question asked me this week. Someone mm. asked me, um, because I grew up Word of Faith, spent a lot of time listening to Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, all these people. Mm. And this guy said to me, he said, do you, what do you think about Kenneth Hagen's teaching on faith? And I had to actually think about that from where I am now, mm-hmm. from where I came from. And I don't I don't believe that this is where he was at. It's just where we were at listening to him. So it, it got projected that way through the masses, but not necessarily was he seeing things that way, right? Yeah, he wasn't. Because, because he I, was manifesting the glory. 
not just even that, even the way he spoke, he always said, the Lord showed me, the Lord said to me, he had this very interactive relationship with God. At one point, he's seen him face to face for years until the Lord asked him to walk the journey of the inward witness so that he could teach Christians how to do it. Yeah. So So that's a totally, yeah, like that's a totally different Mm -hmm. experience. So I don't for a second believe that what I'm about to say is what he was teaching. Right. But where we were at was we thought faith was based on our ability to believe and gain more powers, mm-hmm. right? Like go up in levels yep. in order to accomplish more and be closer to God. That's really what people think faith is about. You hear the word, like even to the point where we were just putting on audible Bibles to oh, go to oh, bed because oh, yeah. I'm just hearing it. I just got to get it in me as yeah, if yeah. it wasn't in you because the word is in you. The yeah. word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And um, he was the firstborn of a new creation. So if Christ was the spoken word of God made manifest, who are you? Yeah, exactly. So I don't, like I said, I don't believe kind of Hagen preached that or was trying to produce that. It's just what happened. Yeah, and our big contradiction there is Lazarus. Exactly. How Lazarus. much faith did Lazarus have? <laughs> and, and and the other contradictions, right? You got the, yeah. the Roman who shows up, yeah. who has the greatest faith, get the same result as the man who says, I have no faith. Yeah. So obviously faith wasn't part of Christ's equation. I believe faith comes from the other side. And it's I think Norman Grubb gave the best scenario where he says, faith is Christ in me believing in himself. He doesn't even leave it to me. I'm in the car, and the car's faith, and we're riding in it. Well, and even even I think that the only thing we're able to do, mm. truthfully, is be willing to be made willing to yield. Mm. After we had that conversation with our friend uh, James there last week, yeah. I realized yielding, because see, the cool thing about yielding is you don't stop to yield. There's no. a continuous flow. But what it is is a, is a, a decision to not be in control of the situation. Yeah, which is really ego-driven, correct? Which is kind of where things went in the movement I was in, was, you know, if I know the Word and if I stand on the Word, then I'm going to get results. And, and and that might be true. There are universal principles that work. There are. But I've also been in the place where the harder I tried, the more I failed. So the problem with it is... It's divorced from what Hagen had, which is called intimacy. Intimacy, exactly, and that's and that's what I think the only the only thing that truly <coughs> um, can excel your life, yeah, is being transparent before God. Which is funny, right? Because he's light. But but be, Transpo- choosing to to unmask yourself. Yes, yes. God sees everything. Everything, but. If we are veiled or masked to ourselves even, like yeah. like I had a very deep one recently where it was like, this is why you've experienced life like this. And I had a choice to make in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's do I listen to the Holy Spirit revealing the fact that I haven't truly received love? Right. Or <coughs> on do the, I— On be, the level he wants to give it to you, Right. Yeah, like he was he was showing me like you don't love yourself. Right. And I was like, Well, how do you love yourself? And he's like, You need to be able to receive love. And and I stopped myself from doing that because of guilt and condemnation and then got so used to it that I just had bad behaviors develop. Right. That just continued to operate in my life. And and now I'm trying not trying, now I'm allowing him to bring 
to the surface, whatever may come up, mm-hmm. not digging, not looking, just saying, okay, Lord, whatever, whatever you want to do, I'll do. And, and he showed me that. He was like, you need to, to let people love you and then let love come out of you yeah. without being afraid of what they'll see in between the love segments open and and broken right yeah so and it's it's changing my life so and that's in a very short amount of time where normally it would take a lot longer for things so i think i think being open to god is actually being open to yourself yes because he already knows being willing to be made willing like you said yeah you know where it's like Oh, I am doing that. Oh, I have operated that way. Oh, I have fallen into that. And and especially uh, religious things that we do <laughs> yes. that profit nothing, but we think they do. We know there's no fruit. We just have never thought about, hey, maybe we should do inventory. Well, and, and even it gets wild when you start to think about some of the things that are said. Mm-hmm. Like you will be co-glorified with Christ. Right. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very contradictory to the picture of heaven I've had my whole life, mm-hmm. of God sitting on a chair and us all around him worshiping for eternity. Yeah, That's us sitting on the chair. And, and again, they're the chair using, is just language. Yeah, Middle Eastern language. It's not a chair. He's a spirit. Yeah. It's, he's omnipresent in the universe, and we want to make a God in our image. No different than that golden calf that they made at the bottom of the mountain from Moses. And truly what we're doing is manifesting that which we've been taught. Yes. You are sinful man who will never be like God. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually taking what what was said in the garden mm-hmm. and repeating it over and over to ourselves. It's the same lie. Staying at his feet and he's coming to lift our eyes and say come sit on the chair. What and more be with could me. he do than come here and reveal the truth? That's unbelievable. Now, like, the thing about the truth, though, is very interesting. <laughs> is remember, it's for freedom. He set us free. Yeah. Then he says, um, "You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." So, how important is truth? Truth is everything because it makes you free, which brings you into the 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 place of the Father. That's who he is. And it also says um, that we see through a mirror dimly. That's like fog, and then or shadows. And then we will see face to face. So we're looking in a mirror. Yeah. We're seeing face to face now. And it says, you will know as you've been known. So if we are corporately Christ, come on, then we are Christ. Jesus is Christ. And when we finally get to that place, we will know ourselves fully and move with God. Well, and that's, that's the whole thing that I'm realizing is he has to help me to transform metanoia my mind yes because i've been programmed to believe that i was created to serve god and that's not what i was created for i was created for fellowship and intimacy and oneness oneness united marriage exactly we were we were created to complete the circle god wanted to complete the circle mm. father son holy spirit and us this yeah, this family we're the bride yeah and and bring us into union that we would be able to then, through, I believe, um, through the revelation that John had, where he goes, mm-hmm. once, I, once I had no fear, because fear always talks of punishment, Yikes. once he wasn't afraid of being punished anymore, mm-hmm. 
he was finally able to see that God had made him as Christ was. Yes. Remember what I said? You can only approach God to the degree you fear punishment. If you don't fear punishment anymore because you actually believe in the cross, wow, then guess what? He removes it as far as the East is from the West. That Those two never get together. He's, that's what he's trying to say. It's language. He's trying to say, I don't remember. What are you those, talking about? Those two don't hang out. No. Then, then at that point, we must realize that um, we can boldly go in to the throne room. And mm. even the word repentance isn't a real word. No. It came after the word. Catholicism, yeah. which was repentance. Back to Martin Luther. So it's like when you walk towards the light, you see yourself because it's, it's bright. That's who he is. And when you do, you're the one, yes, you would feel bad in the respect that, oh, my gosh, God. But then he washes it away. He says, that's not who you are, man. Yeah. And he brings you into the light. So it's, the word is, like you said, metanoia, change your mind from the mind of man carnality where we're, we're locked in a prison, to the mind of Christ, which is spirit, come up here and live from this position. We're seated in Christ in the spirit now. That one verse that's been rocking me mm. is, it says that if those who walk by the spirit yes. will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Corey, what were you first? Were you spirit or were you flesh? And I said, well, spirit. Right. And he goes, okay, so which one should be more natural to you? Right. See, and that's the lie. And if we take it a step further, the flesh is actually not this body. It's carnal mind, the mind of man. Come on. So what he's saying is that uh, once you understand that your body is just slowed down spirit, manifested, you are a spirit. Yeah. The flesh is in this dimension where we can see it so many things that we've said in just christianity in my so many things i've said been around yeah, said too. have now been executed at the foot of grace and mercy yes like well god can't be where sin is really because he dwelt bodily in the fullness among sinners yes among <laughs> other sinners. and nobody died oh, and then we have the, except him the holy spirit of life on the globe it's like, well, that kind of chucks that one out. That's not even biblical. You know, and then we have, like, the whole sinful man <laughs> idea, and it's like, well, wait a minute. If you were created in the image of God, mm-hmm. is, is God a sinful man? No. Therefore, you entered into, you gave in to death. Yeah. Life and death were presented to you, and you chose death. And you got entangled into the systems of this world, it's like we have no idea like what like I still have a hard time with some of the frequency stuff because sometimes yeah. I feel like people make a formula. You know what it is? It's just language to try to understand. Remember what we talked about that language yeah. thing? And I think that it's what the word is today for us to understand something higher than we do because we understand frequencies, you know, if you hit the right frequency the wine glass explodes. Exactly. The guitar resonates. We understand those things. So another, I take that and I try to go, okay, God's put love, which is a frequency, which is of light, and if I send to that, then I will be like him, mm. right? But what yeah. is that? 
He's not just tapping me like a tuning fork. He's at, and there may be some truth because we are a frequency of sound waves, but you know the whole thing of uh, the double yes. slit theory where there's wave and particle form. So when you're looking, the observer, when you're looking at that camera, we see particle. But yeah. supposedly, when you look away, it goes into waveform. It's not even particle. It's not even solid. But we see it that way because of observation. Now, this yeah. is what the scientists are looking yeah, at, Yeah, this right? is um, theoretical physics yes. right now. Yes, Now, um, do we understand that? No, because I, th I dwelled on that quite a few years ago where I was saying, God, this is weird. It's like, so you're telling me I'm in the living room. You're telling me my bedroom doesn't exist up there right now? <laughs> it's all just waveform, and if I walk up there, it's there. You know, so I'm still not tapped into that stuff. Which, if you think about it, it brings a whole new meaning to the verse that says, call those things yeah, that I are know. unseen yeah. as seen. Cause those things in the waveform to become particle. Yes. That's wild. And where would you do that? Within your mind, your imagination to believe God and he yeah. would manifest it, right? Come on. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're just, <laughs> we're playing with that. Don't freak out about it. It's just language again. We're trying to understand something. For example, <clears throat> in, in 1978, the Lord, in the open vision, the Lord said to me, um, because I didn't totally understand what he was talking about, he said, um, and why would I? I was 19. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm the light of the world. I'm in you. Now I'm in you. You're the light. Now he was speaking an unveiling, but I did not know that. I just thought, oh, he was the Savior, now I go out and reach people for Christ, right? And that's what I did. <laughs> Don't hide it under my bushel basket. That's right. And so then um, <laughs> in 2016, now, um, I have, uh, um, I've had heart surgery. I'm in uh, intensive care. And I have a visitation from the Lord. And this time, he takes me up a mountain. But it's a mountain of light. And every time we went higher, I'm following him every, in my spirit. Every time I went higher, it's like I was trying to understand it with my mind, meaning it seemed like everything was getting faster. So, because that's our understanding of linear speed, right? 186,000 miles a second, time stops. Okay? That's our understanding of time and light. But as I was going up the light, up the, the mountain of light, I realized I was going from glory to glory. I was going uh, more and more in the light. And he said this to me. Walk in the light as I am in the light. Come on. Now, that's the ultimate goal of the top of the ladder. Because at the top, he said, this is immortality. You don't die. You don't die. It's over. And so the top of the ladder is to know the Father, which then death and decay cease existing in me. Oh, that ties into what I was telling you earlier. Yeah. So I don't oh, know. that's wild. Yeah, there's more to that, but... Because but, you see. You finally yes. see. Yeah. So I, I, wow. there's more to it. I just understood that if I'm to walk in the light as he's in the light, <laughs> then I got to walk where he is. And he's not walking at the first rungs of the ladder. He descends and ascends, comes to us the way we can understand him. I love that verse that says the servant doesn't know the plans of the master. And Bill Johnson was preaching once. Yeah. And he goes, the implication of that scripture is that the friend does. Mm. 
or the son, right? Or the son, yes. Knows the plans of the father. Yeah. And so I haven't really thought about that for a while, except for right now. Yeah. When God just showed me, like, Corey, you've operated your whole life out of faith, but not out of knowing. Yeah, there's the difference. Knowing, That's where we're going here. Knowing isn't hoping or no. holding on to the evidence of things unseen. Knowing is knowing the unseen That's right. as if it is seen. And then what happens is in the at the top of the ladder, mm. there's no more faith needed because you actually know That's who right. the Father is. And there's no more doubt, so there's therefore no more anything that can bind you, hold you, Nothing. construct yeah. you, imprison you. No. Hence why Jesus said, no one takes my life. Right. I lay it down. You don't have the authority to do this to me unless it's been given to you by my Father. Yeah. Like, he wasn't in a state of panic at all, ever, for anything, because he knew the truth, and the truth had set him free. He was walking in both dimensions. Yeah. And he knew. Because he's God. It's wild. So where is God? He's in you. You're one with him. Yeah. Make them one, Father, even as we are one. I'm in you, you're in me, and we're one. Make them one with us. Therefore, and these things are always revelations. It's not something to work out. It's something to wake up to. So where's Father? It's right here, here, man. Yeah. But he's waiting for, he's giving us light as we pursue him. Like, here's a scripture. I'm going to read this in two translations so that it helps get a better idea of this. Proverbs 25.2. This is the Tree of Life uh, version. <laughs> it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, or hide it, that means, and the glory of kings to search it out. Mm. Now listen to it in the Passion Translation. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. That's what we're doing right here. Come on. Is we are pursuing the deeper meanings instead of just accepting the fringe stuff. We want to know what's at the center of the garden. Yeah. Right? Which is where the um, the guards, uh, when they talked about... Uh, the uh, angel guarding per- the garden. Per- yeah, protecting the garden. Had the fire sword. They had a place. No, this is in the Middle East. In the middle of the garden, that's where they guarded the best fruit. Out on the edges, people would steal from it, but in the middle of the garden. Oh, like when they planted a garden. Yes, yes, or 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 a vineyard or something. So, yeah, yeah. To understand that, is that the best treasure is within you? Come on, right? It's not all this stuff going on around us is right inside. But if we don't look, we're always being living by the outside and what we're being taught by those outside. Then we never look in. And we never get there. And carnality only eats carnality. That's and so right. if if you find that you're struggling with um this with the enemy, with <coughs> the world that surrounds you, yeah. it's only because it's coming and eating at the edges of your garden. Mm-hmm. It can only eat that which it produces. And that's why we want to go inward so that we produce inward fruit that cannot be touched. And not Jesus. stuff on the outside. He wants a gun. Yeah, I had this dream one time, and this is the crazy things of God again. I just thought of it. I haven't talked about this and hadn't thought about it for years, but it was freaky. So in the dream, <clears throat> I had three maggots on my head, and they were burrowing into my flesh. And I woke up going, holy frick, I'm glad that was a dream. And God said, 
That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to eat your flesh. We're going to remove your carnality, my mind. Yeah. You see? And he's been faithful with that word. He's been working on it for years now. But when you get the dream, it seems absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> it's like this other person said recently, I heard them say about their gran their, the kids had lived with a grandmother, this boy, I mean, and um, this guy, the dad who he was never in relationship with, I don't even know if he'd met him at that point, sent him a letter and he said, oh, your, your grandmother is a horse with big teeth. Now, it sounds really negative. But what he was telling him was, your grandmother's really strong, but watch out for her bite. Isn't that amazing? Mm. See? Just watch out. Don't cross her. She's got a bite. She'll nip you. But she's strong. She'll also take care of you. So it was wow. a beautiful word, you see? <laughs> but it's all perception. It's, it's all beautiful. perception. Donna, she had uh, posted that... Mm. She had asked the Lord before about, like, how do we walk through walls and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he answered her saying that they don't exist. That's right. And then she's like, it never made sense to me, but it relates to what you guys were saying. And yeah. And the one thing I remember when we first started really having, like, um, not we, but me started having crazy encounters where God was taking us places, things that were outside of my norm. Yeah. Um, and I remember this one week, I thought something was wrong with my eyes. Right. Because what would happen was the whole room would pixelate, turn into little squares. Yep. And then it would break apart, and all I would see was light. <coughs> yeah. Just white light. <laughs> I thought I was going blind, but then, like, <laughs> the second time it happened, I was like, well, why would it be white if I was going blind? Wouldn't it be black? black? You know, and then, and then I realized, like, I'm not scared. I'm not anxious. I'm not in pain. Like... Is this you, God? And right when I said that, he said, yeah. And I was like, what are you trying to show me? And he was like, that my world yeah. is is like just like it's there. It's not, it's not. It's not far this, away from This us. world is like paper wax. It's like thin that, like a piece of cellophane. Yeah. Yeah. Laying over top. And, mm -hmm. and that it only holds together because his word says it holds together. You know, and, and so the so the Lord done similar with me once, where I was sitting in the living room doing those wave particle mm -hmm. things, and He said to me, "What's that over there in the corner?" So I looked over, and it was a lamp sitting on a table. I said, "It's a lamp." He said, "How do you know?" I said, "It's a lamp." <laughs> he said, "How do you know?" And then He said, Woo! "Because," He said, "You've been taught that." Yeah. And what happens is, He said, "Because I'm explaining constructs now." What He was saying was that. We are programmed to see things a certain way, but it may not be the way it really is. Because if the wall is actually an energy field, we could walk through it if we're moving in light. Speed of thought. So it's, we know that they did it in the Old Testament in different places, right? Being tele teleportation and all that. And, yep. yep. Translated. Translated. So... It was very common. Yeah, so you got to wonder where we are, which yeah. we'll get to. So it's like, yeah, um, all he wanted me to do was, it wasn't about the lamp, so don't get hung up there. What he was trying to do was get me to think outside the box, yeah. to realize that 
just because it, 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 even like um how do you put that the brain is an incredibly fast computer and what happens is um it too has a trash bin but it's not recyclable it's not where you go back and you can decide to keep it or not your brain is seeing so much so fast all the time and it's taking all that information in that lots of it's worthless it's not doesn't mean anything so it just trashes it we're only using what we use now if you think about that for a minute that means an angel could walk by us but if we got no grid for it it'll just go in the trash and we won't even see him because because how do you see it's not with your eye light reflects off of something goes through the eye and then it hits the uh, back of the retina and then your brain decodes it. Yeah, your it brain. sends electrical signals to the brain. That yes, it. Yeah. and the brain says, if it's been programmed, it says this. It says that's good or that's not. Or... So I've been programmed to believe, yeah, by Greek understanding, that heaven is a long ways away. The angels are in heaven and all that kind of stuff, and the odd one drops around, right? But the reality is that that's not true. Why does heaven got to be a long ways away? It's dimensional. It's right here. That's Greek. That doesn't even. That's not even true. In fact, if we got really down to it, it's doctrines of, right? That's what it is. Because it keeps me from God. It establishes distance and delay. Well, I remember even as a kid, like the second I would close my eyes, yeah, I would see all these patterns and colors and all this stuff for the longest time. And it wasn't until I said something to someone who was older, and they said, "Oh, that's just in your imagination. You don't mm -hmm. see anything when you see? close your eyes." Yeah. And then it went away for a long time. And then all of a sudden, like when I encountered Jesus when I was 20, it started coming back yeah. during worship. I'd close my eyes and it wouldn't be dark. Right. I would see color. I would see so shapes. So now, now you're dealing like Ian, where Ian said he had to train himself. He said, when you close your eyes, you see black. But he said, the truth is, it's not black. It's what you think it is. Mm. So he said he had to stay in those states for long periods of time and look and look and look. And eventually there was a pinhole. And then eventually it opened right up so we could see. So that's the veil we go through, right? Is uh -huh. it's right here, right now. Ooh. And that's so amazing. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. <laughs> right? Come that, on. That's a t-shirt. Yes. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. That's what we want to do is we want to go see dad, okay? Matthew 13. Then he taught them another parable. Heaven's mm. kingdom realm can be compared to yeast that a woman takes and blends into three measures of flour and then waits until all the dough rises. What are we? Three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. Three measures of flour, and he waits patiently until the dough comes back into spirit, arises. Whenever Jesus addressed the crowds, he always spoke in allegories. He never spoke without using parables. He did this in order to fulfill the prophecy, I will speak to you in allegories, and I will reveal secrets that have been concealed since before the foundation of the world. And he is unveiling allegories to us now like the three maggots in my hair right which is freaky 
But once you find out that we're the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, now why would he call himself that? Is because he's going to consume the flesh, the carnality in my mind, so I can see. Well, and, and also, like, right when you said that, I felt like, too, they represent a place of being uncomfortable. Yeah. They represent something it's that definitely. we wouldn't... F- no, but even just the thought of a mega... No, I know, like, oh, I know. I wouldn't go near that. But it's like in those situations where you <clears throat> would retreat is where God comes to deal with your carnality. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Colossians 1.12, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us, are you ready, by living in the light. This revelation is how you get there to, to actually living it out a real time, in real time, right? Not as a hope. So 1 Corinthians, um, verse 8, in the uh, complete Jewish Bible, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things come, and from whom we exist, one Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, through whom, here we go, through whom were created all things, through him, whom we have our being. I live and move and have my being in him. Mm. I was created by him, through him, for him. Colossians 1.15. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. The firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen is is of him. Powerful. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. Is he going to complete this thing? Absolutely. When somebody gets pregnant, they go through a process, and some of it is dark inside the womb, but the reality is there is a birth, and so there will be here, the completion, the restoration of all things. In Colossians 1, 18, he is the head of his body, which is the church. Just don't want to miss anything there. One second. Yes. Head of his, of his body, which is the church. And since he's the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Christ. Remember this. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth, are you ready? Come on. Is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. You want to know what the Father's doing? He's not coming back to destroy the world. That is an absolute lie. Biblically, there it is, right there. He's bringing it back into its original intent. God is a God of intention. To its innocence again. Restore it. Restoration of all things. Heaven received and he won't come back, Jesus, until the restoration of all things. 
So you can see right here what what is why we have to shift our metanoia out of the carnal world yeah. and look at what he's doing, right? Because we want to be a part with him, right? Yeah, no, and that's that right there. That is what we call the contradiction. Yeah. And that is an invitation to look deeper into who God is and step out of our dogma into revelation. Yes. And and you remember, uh, instead of Greek linear time, uh, Hebraic was Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega. Yeah. So where's the end? At the beginning. So what's exactly. he doing? He's going to bring it full circle, and what we're going to do is, in the beginning, the yeah. way he intended it is where it's going to go. And Jesus even said that. What does the end of days look like, Lord? Well, it looks yeah. like the beginning. Were you there in the beginning? That's right. So he wasn't he wasn't talking and that's once again we get into that whole stream of of just not knowing things mm. like even where the reference of I saw a new heaven and new earth right. is him seeing a new place of the ark of the covenant a new place for God to dwell which was in us in and us. we're the bride of Christ the and we're the, in us. we're the tents among men and yeah. we're like you know all that stuff but it takes it takes making a decision to be willing to let God be God and scatter the enemies that have been uh, ruling yeah, in our minds. <laughs> like one of the words the Lord gave me this year was he's going to remove the stewards of the thrones. And yeah. I was like, what is that? And he said, there's been those who sit on the throne of men's minds who teach them. Yeah. But I'm going to remove them and, and I'm going to speak to my people face to face ear to ear they're going to hear his voice we'll we'll see such a rise so i have a confirmation for that in night uh, 2000 yeah i was uh we just started the church and we'd moved to our second out of my living room and into um atwell in a conference center and all of a sudden there was a smell of apples and i could smell them fermenting and all this stuff was going on and then i fell on the floor into this vision and I seen the uh, Last Supper, right? And they were all sitting there, and Jesus got up, and he walked away. And then he said to me, he turned and he said to me, ever since I left, man has been trying to control the head table, but I'm returning to take the head, to come back into my position and take charge. So it's like he gave us time. But we have we've really, you know, ego-driven, edging God out. And we've been running the show for God. Yeah. And now he wants to bring us into the light because every one of us is important. <laughs> every one of us has Christ. There's none greater than the other. Well, and when you start to look at even just the methods that have come out, mm they are us trying to attain what only christ can do yeah and that's and i understand the need to um allow people to go through even even deconstruction and the journey inward yeah. cannot be done out of your own ability no this is a spirit spirit led lead you into all truth because if you do it out of yourself, you're going to deconstruct that which you believe, but then raise a form of that which you believe again. Yes. What you have and to do— And those things are going on. 
Oh, yeah, and I see it all the time. I see people talking about spiritual things, but it's so like it's so based in the construct of carnality, they just add us like a spiritual aspect to it. Yeah. Like you'll eat a. The words. There's going to be apples there, but those apples are eternal apples. Mm -hmm. Those are the Mm -hmm. apples that are going to bring you life. Yeah. It's like, okay, man. Mm-hmm. Easy, bro. Yeah, relax. Because spirits need to eat apples. Like, yeah. this is all language that God speaks through. Don't cling to the natural, that which he began. That's why he called this mystery. That's why I started mm, it out. It's good. Concealed mystery Come to on. be revealed, right? And that's what's going on. So even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he recognized. Uh, reconnected you back to himself he released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence and now there's nothing between you and the father god for he sees you as holy flawless and restored this is the way god sees it because remember god sees the end from the beginning he sees the completion he's like a father that has a vision of his child before that child comes out of the womb. But he knows what that child's going to be. Yeah. There's a divine mystery, Paul's telling us in uh, Colossians. A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience Hear the word? Experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Jesus in me till I come into union, me and Christ. So it's a seed to a tree. It's a ladder, bottom to top, mountain. These are all allegorical pictures. So Christ within... He puts an expectation in you to pursue this. So the mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. This is his goal. Christ is our message. We preach what? To awaken hearts. It's a heart message, not a head message. And bring every person into the full understanding of truth. He'll lead you into all truth. Come on. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with the power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. Everyone. Do you hear that? This is this is what he did (laughs) Ephesians 5 he gives us another glimpse Paul does he says husbands should love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself come on now he's not talking about a marriage and a husband and a wife here he who loves his wife loves himself he's talking about him loving us because we're him Mm. we're the Christ For no one hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, 
because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. What did Christ do? He left that realm, and many look at the Holy Spirit like the mother character of, of the Trinity, meaning compassion, um, comforter. God is both male and female, is what he is. He's completion of it. So he's saying he left his father and his mother to be joined to his wife. The two become one flesh. Then Paul goes, because we're, we're getting hung up on the husband and wife, and he goes, this is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. In any case, he goes, each one of you should love his wife as himself, and the wife should respect her husband. So he still threw it in because of the time and what he, who he was speaking to, but he's speaking a mystery here to us of who we are. Yeah, he was, he was rolling parable <clears throat> there. That's it. <clears throat> he crossed over, and, and that's such a powerful thing. And, and that's, I almost, uh, I didn't interject because I didn't want to disrupt, no, no. but I, I really feel like there's like, God is, male and female are merely the reflections of, of God. Yeah, which mean he's giving and receiving. Yeah. He's, he's one births exactly. and one sperma impregnates. It's a complete circle again. Yes. It's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Yes. Mm. So uh -oh. Colossians <laughs> three. Are you ready? Hold on to your toes. Here Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Now mm. he didn't say when everybody's dead and we're gonna all get raised up. He's trying to tell you something. They came to Jesus because some of them didn't believe in uh, the resurrection or life after Ooh. death. And uh, they came up to him and said, is there a resurrection? In another passage, I don't have it with me right now. Yeah, they think they're going to have a debate. Yes. And Jesus just looked at them and said, I'm the resurrection. <laughs> God's the resurrection. Where is he? He's in you. Christ did it. He said, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too now i want you to think about this for a moment we were all in christ even the ones that were standing on the ground hammering the nails they're all in because nothing exists outside of them wow. and what did he do the lord as the creator he raised and took all of creation in him as a man he came as a man and he took the creation back up into the spirit from carnality and now from within us he's unveiling revelation light of truth until all things are complete in him which is the restoration of all things so <clears throat> have we been resurrected yes we were <laughs> yep if I died with Christ, I was also raised with him. And then what? And so now we got to think about this death and decay thing because I'm already raised. I'm in a new creation, it says. So what am I leaving that one for? Well, because whatever you believe. Yes. You're a creator. You're creating. You're actually building the observer. Yes. To tell you what to see. Once we grab hold of this and we understand that programming is going on around us all the time and we got to move out of the constructs which is the matrix to a place of following him i'm the way 
I'm going to take you to the truth. Yeah. And go up the ladder of all truth, which is him, John 151. And he's going to present us to the Father, and we will walk in the fullness of light, right, with him. So, wow. This is why we yearn for all that is above. Come on. For that's where Christ sits. Yeah. And we're in him enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Now, when he says, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith, do you know what author means? Authority. That person has authority. They wrote the book. So what is faith then? Is faith the latter? I don't know. It's a trinity again. <clears throat> faith, hope, and love. Hope deferred causes the heart to grow sick. If you walk away from truth to live there, you become sick again. Hope realized, same verse, hope realized is what? Tree of life. It's dead. It's in there. Spirit. Spirit, soul, body. I think, too, faith is, is like the journey of crossing into the unknown, truly coming to a place like... Yeah. The more I don't know, the more I know. Yes. It gets wild. Like, because... Because you can't learn this like um, like a school class or like learning how to, you know, put together a motor or something like that or a nice recipe. Well, and even for me, like for the longest time, whenever we'd talk, I would have a preconceived idea in my head and I would say to myself, oh, I know what he's talking about. Right probably pride was holding that in place yeah. for probably six months seven months when i got back yeah till i had like a full meltdown and i told you i'm like i don't even know <laughs> i don't know anything i don't know anything well it's a great place to be isn't you know because i was like i don't even know what you're talking about oh, no. <laughs> i don't even i don't even think i can picture it right and then i sit in here with you doing the journey um time after that and fish is fish and i realize everything you're saying i'm putting through a grid that i have yeah but yet god's called me to be like a child which means to not have a preconceived idea that's a mindless infant right yeah just to come like a blank slate and let him paint on the canvas of my heart mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> and that that my friends is the one of the greatest places like i was well, then we're we, we can learn. Well, and you can experience so much more. Like even today, like I read you the lyrics of that thing. Mm -hmm. As I was saying, like I was bawling, just completely immersed in love mm. to think that like he he came to show me what's that I belonged. And what's real. Like who I am, like whose I was. Yeah. That this, this whole experience of contrast. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. We've talked about contrast before, probably. Yeah, yeah. But I'm That's coming. Brian. I'm coming into a revelation of it for myself with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Where I now actually believe in it. Mm -hmm. That that every person is here to gain contrast, and then there's more. Contrast is like, like um, economy, economy class. Everybody's getting it. Yeah. 
Everybody's getting contrast. Even if you never, even if the thought of God never enters your mind your entire life, you're a complete atheist, mm. you will have a contrast between, uh, you will have a contrast of what love is when you leave this place. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if I should say this or not. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get Are, ahead of myself. No, let's let's uh, um, let's stick to. <laughs> but but I won't. I want to say this. Morning, Will Robertson. <laughs> I want to say this. Um, I call it doing the math. Um, the reality is, I don't think there was a fall because we chose. If we are one in Christ. Why would we have been that dumb? We're in the Godhead. We've been fed some stuff through carnal understanding, but we're waking up. We all have amnesia, that's quite clear. And we're here for a reason. There's this purpose in all that's going on, uh, the unveiling. And I think it'll matter what we do with this stuff. But um, to think that God based your eternity on eating an apple is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Now, it made yeah. perfect sense before my eyes started to open, but when my eyes started to open, I began to look at it and thought, well, what kind of God's he? Seriously, <clears throat> he got mad because she ate an apple. And, and nobody actually believes it because the minute you say, does a baby go to hell? Right. Well, no, no, a baby wouldn't go to hell. Okay, so then you don't believe you were born sinful. Yeah. Because if you had fallen and were born in sin, then the baby would be guilty from its first breath and have to go to hell. Yes. Or God isn't just. So then we created Age of Accountability. And then it's, and, and, and truthfully, what it is, is mm. life and death comes to us and we choose. And we've all fallen short and yep. chosen death. Because that's what we're under, the carnality. And what, and if we're, what if we're here to redeem this dimension? Realm, yeah. yeah. And and I think that we haven't quite understood a lot of things. Like, number one, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I said this to someone the other day. I'm like, isn't it weird that we become blind? Yeah. We come to a temporal realm, but yet that which we decide in blindness— dictates what we experience for eternity yeah it's pretty scary yeah <laughs> well and and, and there's the Lord, no common sense in that is there the lord started to show me through just spending time with him yeah this is just where i'm at you don't have to be here this is i'm not saying this is for you mm. take it or leave it meditate upon it but he showed me he said corey everybody's coming to get the same package yeah and i said what's that he said contrast he goes now you can get a lot more out of it <laughs> Paul said it. He said, all things are permissible under the gospel of grace, but yet not all are beneficial. Yeah. He's saying you can come and just get contrast, and that will benefit you. Yes. But that which benefits you will bring you into the revelation of who you are, and that is to live, to yeah. truly live. To <clears throat> Like, the disciples were so alive yeah. that when they showed up, people said, surely the gods have descended upon us. I know. Now, you don't say that statement if these guys aren't looking different, doing different, living. Like, they're different beings than what the other people were. 
these people were so immersed in the glory hmm. that when they said that, oh, that's probably Peter's angel at the door, nobody got freaked out. No, it seemed like a normal thing. Normal. They didn't even get up. No. If somebody told me that John Brown's angel was at the door, I would open the door. Check it out. I would get off my butt and run to the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? These people were so immersed in the revelation of who God was that they didn't even flinch for the supernatural because it was natural. And what's happened is yeah. out of fear, the dark ages came yes. out of manipulation and control and witchcraft, which is unfortunately the truth is there's more witchcraft in a Sunday morning service than there is on a satanic church half the time yeah. because because controlling people is what is what the enemy does. What keeps them imprisoned, right? And that enemy exists in here. In us. And God wants to break you free of this. He's saying, come, come. Like, that's why he's like, those who lose their life will find it. Yeah. Why? Because if you start to do the acts of God, you'll start to do the math. Yeah. Mother Teresa, she did the math. Yeah, I know. Did you ever hear her preach the gospel? I never heard her preach the gospel. But what'd she do? She loved the broken. She loved the broken. She she comforted she made me me angry one time when I seen these people dying. They were Muslims, and she was comforting them and loving them. And I didn't hear anything about her trying to, you know, lasso them into the kingdom. And it kind of offended me for the longest time until I began to see that she, her life was the gospel. Yeah. It was touching people. These people, if you got around her, you got around love. So they're going to go, what the heck? You know? Well, I remember the day I woke up to this. No mm -hmm. joke. I can remember it the first time I ever heard it. It was um, Brennan Manning, The Unrelenting Kindness of Jesus Christ. It's a message you can go listen to on YouTube. I like that. The unrelenting. Think of that word for a moment. It, it's never it's gives not going to give up. It's going to come like a storm at you, and it's never stopping until you're marinated. That's <laughs> what the ladder is, right? And this is this is the thing. That's why God is so wonderful, is because mm. this whole thing is about us becoming. Also, like to just wrap up what I was saying before, we yeah, all yeah. get contrast. Why? So that when we are in eternity, yeah, we don't make decisions based. Like, because if you never knew contrast, you'd never know love. Right. You just know power, authority. But now, there is no way I will stand before God and ever declare myself more beautiful than Him. That's <laughs> kind of funny. The isn't love it? that I have encountered from this this Father I have. Yeah. The grace, the mercy, the understanding, the companionship, will forever keep me humble. Yeah, it's like. He's the best friend you could ever have. Yeah. So He's Brennan. Real, yeah, go ahead. So Brennan Manning, right? I'm listening to his message, and he goes, there's two guys that run into a train. They knock over this apple cart. They get to the train. The one guy is like in the 1950s. This is a real story. The yeah. one guy stops and says, you know what? When you get home, can you call my wife? Tell her I'll take the next train. I'll be an hour late. I'm going to go back and make sure that person's okay. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, no problem. Good idea, right? So he goes back, and the apples are scattered all across the room. And so he starts picking up the apples, puts them in the basket, brings it over, and when he gets to the kid, he realizes the kid's blind. So number one, the kid couldn't have picked up the apples. No. Right? They're scattered. It's impossible for him. And then um, he puts the apples in front of the kid, and he goes, I brought you your apples. And there's a $20 bill here. 
like to cover everything. Yeah. And the kid's response was, Jesus, is that you? Yeah. And that just resonated in me. It just got in me mm. to when eventually you said the Mother Teresa thing, how at first it angered you. Yeah. But then I thought, how because many it, people— Because it, it angered my construct. Yeah, it, well, and it angered right? our ego that says, I have to get everybody saved. Yeah, Jesus complex. And so what happens is, is here's Mother Teresa hmm. comforting the Muslim to yeah. the place where they could look up and go, Jesus, is, is that, that you? you? Yeah. And that's truly what we're here to do, yeah. is to love people in such a way that they look and see the source— not the vessel. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's what Top of the Ladder looks like. And there are people around. We just don't know them, right? Because they're not promoting themselves in yeah. the zoo, you know? Well, they don't They don't have the uh, 20 steps to climb the ladder book. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last week I talked about how... And I, and I just quoted a scripture a moment ago about Jesus always spoke in allegories. Yes, he right? did. It's actually, so, go check it out. Why do we think the book of Revelations is an allegory? Oh. Okay. So last week I talked about that, showing how John <laughs> was in the Spirit yeah. on the Lord's Day, which is the top of the ladder. The Lord's Day for John had arrived. He was there. Yeah. It's different for each one As of us. As he is, so am I in the earth. He yes. was still in the earth. Right. And so he's there, he's in the spirit, he looks, he hears the sound, he looks, he sees, and he sees, there you go, his eyes are now open, spiritually, and then he looks and, and he sees one as the Son of Man, which is us, not Christ, it's us, the body, Christ. And around it were seven lampstands, and I talked about the lampstands being yeah. the ladder, the steps, the revelation, Come a lampstand's light within you. Don't put out your lampstand is Middle Eastern talk. So, this week, I want to step in a little bit to one scripture and then give some context, okay? So, Revelation, and I'm not saying that there weren't things Jesus said, such as about the end of Judaism in 70 AD. This generation, of course it was that one. It wasn't this one we're in. Well, okay? he doesn't lie. No. I'm coming quickly, he's coming quickly. He's not coming in 2,000 years. I don't know where we get this stuff, but I was full of it. And then he had to start deconstructing my belief system. So here's the scripture we're going to look at right now. Revelation 3, 15, and 16. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you would be either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Now, I've used this... <coughs> through the years, to explain the cold being the lost, the hot being the born-again Christians, and the lukewarm were the Christians kind of sitting on the fence. It's taught this way all the time, but it's not what it means at all. So it can be taken individually for each one of our lives, which is what I think the book of Revelation is. It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ in you. Yeah, because where is Christ? It's in us, so it's the part of it. But it also could be corporately. So understanding the history and what's being referred to is not Western understanding, first of all. So I'm quoting a guy now. Does God really prefer people to be 
uh, unbelievers entirely rather than what so many have called lukewarm Christians. That'd be the cold. What, what really needs to be considered are the metaphors hot and cold. Which of them is entirely good and which of them is entirely bad? And how are we supposed to tell the difference if there even is one? For example, I prefer cold water over hot water to drink in the summertime. However, I'd prefer, I'd prefer hot tea over iced tea in the winter. What about when hot and cold are used to describe a person's character? We call bitter people cold, superstars, in, like in Hollywood, hot. Which is supposed to be negative and which is supposed to be positive? Now, in the literary context, the Greek word for hot is zesta, the use of this word never has connection of being an all-in Christian who's full of fiery passion. It's always used to describe temperature. Similarly, the Greek word for cold is uh, sukras, is never associated with those lacking faith of fiery or fiery passion. It's used in the New Testament always referring to temperature without nuances of character like bitter or angry. So this is the literal words for hot and cold. So what if the metaphors for temperature are both good? We're so used to reading these verses to mean that hot and cold automatically mean good and bad, because they're opposites. But what if that's not the author's intended message? What if the understood contrast between hot and cold really isn't black and white? He says, no pun intended. As we perceive... <coughs> Excuse me. What if the passage were read, you are neither apples nor oranges, you are radishes? Instead, we would, uh, would we still interpret it the same, with the same connotation? So understanding the context of the passage will help verify what an appropriate application is in this passage. So there's this guy, his name's uh, Andy Lepou, um, if I sang it right. He says, um, the verse from Revelation 3 certainly must rank as one of the most misused in the Bible. <laughs> in the last month alone, I've heard two speakers give it the same incorrect, or sorry, incorrect interpretation. In the first three chapters of Revelation, we find seven letters from Jesus to seven churches in the late century Asia Minor. It's now Western Turkey. In the letter to Laodicea, he says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one. As a result, he'll spit you out. Often this is misinterpreted to mean that Jesus is tired of namby-pamby middle-of-the-roaders. He'd rather people be passionately against him or for him. This is ridiculous on two counts. First, Jesus simply does not want people to turn... Uh, against him. He wants all to come to him and be saved. That's called reconciliation. Second, when Jesus refers to hot and cold water, he is drawing an analogy from the fact that Laodicea did not have good water source. So instead, using Roman aqueducts, it received hot water from the north, from the city Heropius, famous for its soothing and healing hot springs. So it's in the middle, and on the one side in the north, 
it has these hot springs, and the water's being piped to Laodicea through the aqueducts. And then it gets refreshing cold water, refreshing, from the south, from Colos, 11 miles away, from snowmelt on the mountains. Unfortunately, by the time the hot water and the cold water got to Laodicea, both were like lukewarm. As Richard O'Brien says in Misreading Scripture Through Western Eyes, that'd probably be a really good thing to check out. Jesus wished his people were hot, like the waters of Heropius, which is healing. They have healing qualities. Or cold, like the refreshing of Coloss. Instead, their discipleship was unremarkable. You hear that? Come on. Lukewarm. It's their, it's their teachings. It's what we're supposed to be. So then he goes on. The problem was not that Laodicea lacked zeal. The problem was that the church was good for nothing. So why describe the church as lukewarm? The answer was found, are you ready, in the next verse. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need anything. But you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That was the next verse. Laodicea, as a city, had a reputation for its many banks, excellent medical school, clothing industry. Jesus says, actually, it was not rich but poor, not healthy but blind, not well-clothed but naked. Their resources led them to rely this is going to be a little painful, but you need to hear it, right? Their resources led them to rely on themselves instead of Jesus. Their problem was not lack of fervor, but a sense of self-sufficiency. They relied on themselves instead of God. For a culture that prides itself on its massive economy, the best medicine in the world, and a fashion industry second to none, Revelation 3, correctly interpreted, becomes too, all too relevant. <laughs> so do you see here that they're, they're supposed to get hot water from one side, cold water from the other side, one being healing and the other a refreshing, right? Which is who we're supposed to be. But because we rely on our own stuff, we on got sound equipment, we got um, bands, we got good music, we, we don't even need God. Seriously, that's what's going on. He's saying we're lukewarm. We think we're rich, and he says, you're poor. And we've got to look at our own selves first. If we're relying on our own abilities, we've missed it, right? It became so this is the the picture Jesus is painting for them he knew Laodicea he knew where these two other um, cities which were yeah. bringing water from the aqueducts he knew that they were a powerful city that had all these things so mm -hmm. hot and cold do you see in this are both good yeah right the lukewarm is when the water was running we're waiting for a move of God, remember? We're waiting for a move of God. And by the time it gets here, what happens? It's lukewarm because we've messed with it. When Christ is here now, today is the day of salvation. Today, in my own life, right? 
Well, and that was <clears throat> the the <clears throat> the lukewarm thing is wild because it's like self reliance. Self reliance. Yep. Is the one thing that pushes you out of out of awareness of God. Yep. When and there we, we are all figured out seeking him like he's at a distance. You yeah. see the lies? And it just keeps us in, in the construct of a prison. If if this season has taught us anything, mm-hmm. and I and I think people really need to pay attention, is it don't work. Which is the lukewarm. It doesn't work. You got the right words, but there's no power behind it, guys. And God wants to set us free to be hot and cold. I watched people who I grew up with who were men of faith yeah, get up and declare this and declare that and say this and say that. Nothing changed. Yeah, I watched an entire prophetic movement tell people mm-hmm. Donald Trump was going to do a second term. Yeah. An entire prophetic movement. Yeah. And he's not in there. Three weeks, three to four weeks before the election, the Lord spoke to me and then said he wasn't going to get in. I even talked to you about it. Yeah, I said, I don't know. I, think I was Biden's, still open. But... I was like, I don't know, man. I think Biden's going to get in. You're like, what are you talking about? You know, because like, <laughs> it was so unfair. It was, <clears throat> it was like, how could you say that mm-hmm. when God has said? Yeah. Did he say? Obviously, he didn't. My question is this. If God is eternal, why do we put weight in non-eternal men? Maybe what he's doing is trying to get our attention, that we're lukewarm. He's trying to show us, you self-sufficient ones. Yes. You who think that in the actions you do, dude, this is, (laughs) dude, (laughs) sorry, but no joke, like this season has revealed to me. Hmm. That which we say doesn't happen. Like, even in myself. Yeah. I prayed for well, a lady. That's, that's where we start, right there in Revelations. We don't point fingers. This isn't... We look in our own hearts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is to reveal to us. Because <clears throat> what does light do, remember? You walk in the light, and what's exposed is all those things that are anti-Christ. Yeah, yeah. God wants to get rid of so we can walk as Christ in the earth. None of what I just said is a criticism either. No. This is this just realizing, waking <laughs> up. We I, are the church. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with the prophetic or anything like that. What I'm saying is, even in my own self, guys, I have people call and say, hey, can you pray for my friend with COVID? Mm. And we prayed, and the, you could feel the presence, you could feel the glory, right. and the person didn't recover. Right. This has been a hard season. It has been a hard where season. Where I've had to seek the Lord and say, what is going on? And he showed me, he said, Corey, that what you believe isn't true or it would work. Right. His word can't fail. He eventually, as you grow up, the things that worked when you were a child don't work when you get older because mm. they're not real. They were part of the process, not the conclusion. We're on a journey. Yeah. We haven't arrived. Well, and, and he doesn't want us to stay outside of the bedchamber. No. Remember As a the child, guys, yeah. The guys that come, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? Healing, yeah. prophecy, all these things. And he says, go away. I did not know you. No, that's not the character of God. What that is is to reveal to us this isn't enough. You need intimacy. That's why I came. Don't trade 
Adultery. intimacy with Christ for for the gifts. Right. And this is the thing is like I I had a one time as an intern the Lord showed me a picture that like if if a father had a son who was away at college, right? Yep. It's Christmas time, son comes home. Big snowfall, right? So the son goes out and shovels the driveway. Right. Well, the father's like, "Man, thank you. Like I really appreciate that." Yeah. Then the father goes to the washroom, comes back, the son's gone. Right. So then he goes into the garage, and the son has put up all the shelves the father meant to put up. And he's like, wow, man, this is ridiculous. Thank you. Like, yeah. you'd have to do that, and I really appreciate that, right? Father turns around, son's gone again. <laughs> the guy's downstairs laying the laminate floor. <laughs> Finally, the father goes to the son and says, hey, I've missed you. You, you go away to college. <laughs> I don't want you just to come here and bless me. I appreciate that. All that you do for me, but I want to know you. Yeah. Like, I, I lost a cousin who was the same age as me. She passed away just recently. And I realized I never really knew her. Right. She was my own family, and I didn't know her. And I missed out mm -hmm. because I didn't make the conscious choice to go and know her. I seen her at family events. We smiled. We waved. We Now it sounds like big church. Yeah. Remember? You walk in. This is nobody even knows you. And 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 the wild thing is, is this isn't condemning me, Howard. This is just God showing me, Corey, mm. that people in front of you have so much value to you. Don't miss out on who they are. Yeah. Because, because we're all one. When I watched her celebration of life ceremony <clears throat> and listened about the like listened to these people talk about her, I was like, man, they knew her in such a way I didn't. And she was such an amazing person to so many people. Yeah. And I was like, man, I missed out on that. And wouldn't it suck if we miss out on knowing Jesus? Exactly. That's in like that's all the outward things that we talk about are just to display the inward things. Yes. The Lord told me, what was it, six years ago now, that he was gonna train me on, like take me on this journey, all this stuff and I'm, I don't even cling to that. I'm not looking to come into the office in which the per person prophesied over me. Yeah. But this is the thing. What I've realized is the spirit of prophecy is Christ. Yes. That's why we're to desire it, because it's it's being able to operate in an intimate relationship to see and hear. Yes. It has nothing to do with gifting, going out into churches, prophesying over people. No. It has to do with, Lord, I hear your voice. It leads me. And it works. Yes. And that's all I've been doing. I've just been listening and doing what he says to do. That's it. I've been listening, and when he brings stuff up, I go, okay, yeah, you know, like. And I've even been listening to when he says to do things that don't make sense to my mind. Right. Sometimes God will ask you to do something outside of your grid. <laughs> yeah. Of what you think is acceptable for God to ask you. Yeah. Like, that doesn't even well, make sense. Well, again, it's uh, beyond our understanding, right? Come on. Because of where we are. And where are we going? To the restoration of all, all things. things. To overcoming this enemy that's been a, been a tyrant. Yeah. Think of, think of the spirit of death, really. Like, I look at, like, my grandpa's, like, and his, he just had a birthday. He's, like, 80-something, 84, yeah. 85. And I watch the struggle that he has yeah. to submit to decay or not. Yeah. And when I get around him and I encourage him, 
I watch the difference. Life comes into him. Boom, he's ready to go. He's making bird houses, mm-hmm. pumping stuff out, doing projects. I don't see him for a little bit or, you know, he gets like sore or something like that. And you watch the weight come on the person. Yeah. It's like you almost got to constantly remind we them. We have to renew our minds to the truth. And what is it? Remember what I told you before? Blood of Christ is DNA, mm. which is the Word of God, the living Word of God, the script. Yeah. Writing, it's the mind of Christ. It's writing a new script mm. within us to remove the constructs of what we're seeing and believing. Yeah. We have no idea how much wow. we are controlled by things, including death and decay. So this guy, one more thing from him. He says, the church needs to be both hot and cold, spiritually healing, life-giving and refreshing, just as Coloss and Heropolis were, were known for the healing and refreshing effects of their water. The church should be known as a place that is healing, refreshing, and life-giving. When we gather together as a community of faith, our desire should be to preserve our faith in a way that is desirable to others. Mm. Nice, you know, got water out of one of those springs of water where it's nice coming out of the ground, nice and cold, and it's really good, right? This is what they're talking about. Just like those who would get sick from drinking the lukewarm mineral water, there are many people who have been incredibly hurt by the church. Mm. They came to practice their faith with a community they expected to be life-giving, healing, and refreshing, and instead they experienced something vomit-worthy. The church has left a bad taste in the world's mouth, which does not portray us as a loving community. Remember God is unconditional love, agape? The church has too often signed God's name on bigotry, hateful, exclusive practices, you can't come in here, you don't believe like us, and given it an undesirable reputation to several. What we offer is nothing like the waters, if Europeus or Colossus, as it ought to be. All were given the world, world, sorry, all we've given the world is lukewarm water, bland disgusting bath water that's n- that nobody is drawn to. We think everybody's going to run to come into the church in a great revival, but the fact is, if we can't even love the people within the congregation, yeah. we got problems with everybody, then do we really think they're coming? Yeah. This is what he's talking about. It's not, again, being negative. I'm part of the church yeah. of Christ, the bride of Christ. What I'm trying to do is just show us I can't no longer walk around judgmental, pretending I am like my father who is unconditional love. It doesn't work. I'm lying to myself, first of all, and I can't continue to believe things that are lies, that are untrue. So when the light comes from the Lord, like those candlesticks, and he begins to pierce your heart with things, he goes... You can't be lukewarm. You have to be refreshing water to those that need a drink. You need to be healing to those that are hurting and in pain. You cannot 
make them jump through a bunch of rules that you create. Remember Malcolm Smith, the white picket fence laws? Come on. In order to fit into your club, it doesn't work. And I know, I personally know, Woo. out of what I've seen and experienced in my 42, 43 years, <clears throat> is there is a territorial spirit. That spirit exists in cities, but it exists very much in the church. Is there's a spirit of territorial. This is our territory, and you're only allowed to come in if you're going to be like one of us, or we'll shun you. Even if you were our best friend and you ministered to us for 20 years, you're not with us anymore. Now, does that sound like the Bride of Christ, one body, no divisions? He's not looking for a harem. He's looking for a bride, one bride, everybody united. Some of the greatest places I experienced love, and this ain't going to gonna like this, was when I stayed in a, 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 a resort, or I was like a cabins in the mountains in Collingwood, ran by New Age, two New Age women. And they ran up and hugged me genuinely. Not, hey, I love you, brother. They genuinely were hugging yeah. me, and I got to tell them about Jesus, and they didn't even freak out because I didn't throw religion into it, but I began to share the experience of Christ, and they were wide open to it. And when I went away, I kept saying to Sue, wow, I really genuinely felt the love from them. I said, I hadn't felt that in the church for many years wow. until I ran into Brian and went into the States there in Brian Christian's group, who I could feel it from them because he understands this. He's pressing into this. Yeah. Community, family. Real, real, yeah. Real love. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that's where we got to go, man. That's where we got to go. We got to quit playing pretend church that was built off of Constantine. Well, and what it's is it? Paganism. Let's be real honest. What is it doing? Nothing. Like making more people like them. I love some. Like you got, you got to understand. I'm a redneck. We're talking religion here, by the way. We're not talking any denomination. No, no, no. And okay. it, at the end of the day, here's the truth, guys. Mm. We've had to look into our own eye. Yes. I have had to just see that. Wait a minute, Corey. You're judgmental. Yes. Wait a minute, Corey. You're this. You're that. This isn't an attack on anybody. This is. And that's so intense, man. Like one day I was sitting in my car and somebody's just walking their dog down the street. And I glanced over at them. And in about two seconds, the Lord says to me, John, you're judging them. I said, what? Yeah, you do that. You're just judging as soon as you see everything. And I went, holy smokes. Judging I don't even know live, I'm doing it. Do. Yeah. yeah, we start thinking almost like, well, I think that guy must be, uh, you know what I mean? Or yeah. This or that, yeah. Which is all could be baloney. Well, and you it's see judgment. that. Like I was even just watching a clip the other day of Adam Sandler. Yeah. He was singing about Chris Farley. And it's like, man, Chris Farley, like he was like the happiest <coughs> dude on camera. Yeah. But yet he was depressed and yeah. tormented. Yeah. And that's like, well, wait a minute. That means that we didn't know Chris Farley. No. We, Just the we mask. knew the actor. We knew the symbol. Yeah. We knew the the portray. You know, and, and that's where it's like, can you get honest enough with yourself? You know, um yeah. Ooh. Yeah, there's this song I heard recently. 
by Ray LaMontagne or whatever. He's yeah. this really cool guy. Ray LaMontagne. From, from Montreal. I think he's from Montreal, yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> what did he say? It was so good. Tell me how you're feeling. I can take the pain. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, that's love. To yeah. go to someone who you love and say, you know what? You don't have to protect me from how you're feeling. But you can be honest. This Jesus Christ we're talking about, he's nothing like we think. He's, mm. he's transparent yeah. and fully vulnerable and wants us to be the same way. <laughs> and so he's scary. Like, meaning, we want to put him in our box and say, this is who Jesus <laughs> is. And then he jumps out of the box. And you go, where'd you go, man? Putting well, I'm not in your box. Uh, so it, it's been like that for me. It's like, first, in the early years, when he started to reveal himself to me, he scared me. Because um, there's no shadow of turning. What you see is what you get. And it was like, he would come in and go, all right. Let's open that door inside your heart, right? And you're like, there's emotions in there, man. We don't want to go in there. That sucks. In fact, we're thinking about boarding that right up because it's gone. And he'd <laughs> be like, all over the door. Yes. He's <laughs> like, uh, it's not gone anywhere, man. And mm. you know that? What I'm saying is he'd approach you, and it's like he could see right into you, and your emotions start to come up. And things you don't even know about yourself begin to be exposed in the light. And it's not that he's judging you. It's that he wants you free. Come he on. wants you free from where you're bound. That's what the wrath of God is, is to go against anything that's holding you back from walking in the light as he is in the light. That's what he's come to do. Awaken us. Some of these nursery rhymes are real. Sleeping beauty, sleeping, and the prince has come to kiss you and wake you from the dead, is what he's done. He never ever said people that died, died. He said they were asleep. Everybody else that's dead in Second First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 is the dead in Christ. That's who we're waking up. I'm waking up. I'm the dead in Christ awakening. That's yeah. what that is. It's got nothing to do with the rapture. Yeah. That's another lie. That's not true. As long as you're holding on to that, don't give a rip about your neighbor. I'm sorry. It's not well, going to work. It got to the point where what? The, we had guys saying, jump on your bread, your beds to practice. Oh We're getting God. out of here. Hello, I'm stupid. And it's <laughs> like, come on. Jesus is coming for the reconciliation of all things. All yes. things restored to its original intent. He is coming. It says, if I be lifted up. Well, yes. who's him? He is love, mm -hmm. unconditional, undeserveable. Oh man, he's he's. We can't even get English <laughs> words to explain how good he really is. He's way better than any of us can even imagine. I mean, we can't even imagine that deep. He is. That's who he is. <laughs> you know. Uh oh. I am. So. Let's just say, oh, yeah. let's look at this just for a second as we head towards the finish line um, through Brother Lawrence because he's seen similarly, but he, he gives us a glimpse. 
He says, God complains much of our blindness. Oh, no, sorry. This is Brother Lawrence. It's his friend speaking. He complains much of our blindness and cries often that we are to be pitied who contend ourselves with little. God, says he, has infinite treasure to bestow, and we take up with a little sensible devotion, which passes in a moment. Now, that infinite treasure, remember we read in the scripture earlier, where is it? It's inside you. To be unpacked. Um, blind as we are, we hinder God and stop the current of his graces. But when he finds a soul penetrated with a lively faith, he pours into it his graces and favors plentifully. There, they fall, uh, flow like a torrent at some rushing mighty river, which after being forcibly stopped against its ordinary course, when it's found a passage, spreads itself with, with uh, abundance. So that torrent means the very manifest glory of God is in you wanting to explode out of you and through you like the liquid love that happened to me but it's held there by our belief systems and the lies and the constructs here we are asking god to come when he's here it's like it, it, it just doesn't work so it's like here is this mighty mighty and it's it's natural course is to flow out of the spirit through your soul into the third dimension or the physical world and explode that is where reconciliation will take place because not only people will get touched all of creation will be touched because god says let me out let me out don't hold me in let me out anything that's a construct is anti-christ not a being anti-christ it's against spirit it keeps you carnal keeps you bound that's an antichrist spirit is what it is jesus himself said there's been many the one that's here now was a spirit we often brother lawrence says stop this torrent by the little value we put upon it remember that cold water coming down from cologne coloss hmm but let's stop it no more he says let us enter into ourselves break down the bank which hinders it and let us make way for grace let us redeem the lost time for perhaps we have but little left death falling is close let us be well prepared for if we die but once and a miscarriage there is irretrievable and I don't know what he means by that last part I just know that we've been given an opportunity to let the torrent out and it isn't something we can do it's not somebody being better than another person it's being willing to be made willing like um, Reese Howell come on right that's what happened to him so we're on a journey into the light to say the least yes <laughs> into the light and the, the more we go in the light 
the more we see the constructs and we got to let go of the constructs because the math shows us how silly they are. And it's like you're, uh, we're all moving to another, you know, uh, planet like Mars. And then we come back and people look at you like, what are you talking about? Because they're still living in the third dimension of carnality. Yeah. Again, these are just words like frequency, like all that stuff. It's words. We're trying to speak Mystery. spiritual <laughs> truth in with words, and it doesn't do it. It's like sometimes God just, like I think you said it earlier, mm. you have this experience in the glory, and it's like your mind is grappling to put it together for you, and instead you're just in this beautiful place of love and acceptance, and it's like, forget the words. Forget the words, they don't even matter. He's kissing me right now. You know, let's not discuss. It's like it's like your your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend's giving you this wonderful kiss and you're there trying to figure out how to explain what the kiss is like. Forget it, man, just kiss. That's what we gotta do. And God will give us unveiled Ooh. revelation because he's all-knowing, he's in you, therefore you're all-knowing. So you're trying to get information you already have through a, what's the word, Lord? Um, an illegal way. The truth is, is, is if if it's revelation, it will resound within your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. If it resounds in you, take it. Yeah. If you don't, don't judge it. Just throw it on the shelf. So unveiled light, awakening us to Abba Daddy, who's dwelling one with us. Mm. Christ came to show us the way. He was the way. He was a picture, wasn't he? Come on. So we either follow him or we stay in our clubs out there, right? And we don't find him. And people think I'm crazy. They'll say, well, John, you're just mystical. And I'll say, no, we're all mystical. We believe in an unseen God. We're all mystical. <laughs> I'm just going, I got out of the boat. I just said, hey, Pete, you're not having all the fun. I'm getting out of the boat. I want to go with Jesus, man. And they're saying, well, it doesn't fit in our theology. I'm saying, well, that's too bad. You better get better theology then, because there's Jesus. Let's go with him. Your theology isn't working, man. It's lukewarm. Right? And that was a sufficient. That's right. Self sufficient. And that was about my own self in the journey of awakening. That first I got mad at the religion in me, and then I began to deal with it and began to have compassion. This may sound at times that it's not, but it's really about us individually. Do we want to go yeah. into the Father? And if we do, <clears throat> we got to allow the light to shine. If the light shines, you got to own it because we want to be free, right? Come on. That's the goal is to be one. And for him to say to me, walk in the light as I am in the light. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. That was in 16. So this now is almost, what, six years, almost later now. Well, we'll be in uh, two months, six years since he spoke that to me. It's, it's coming to a place, I think, of rest where, like it said earlier there, did you see it said that he was uh, in charge of all things, including all the government and the leaders and everything else? Hmm. So, 
who is it you're fighting with? It's it, it. He's he. I think he just allows things at times to expose what's inside of us because he wants us free. He loves us, wants you free. So if all of a sudden we get caught up in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he'll let us go our way. That's what the Easterners said. You can put out your candlestick, and the wrath is God will let you go until you want to come back. Want light, but I don't know about you. I, I I'm not 20. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. No, I got to get over my uh, opinion of myself and get to the truth. Yeah, to get over, I got to get over me so I can see him. Which is what is intimacy? Into me, see, because that's where he is. Mm. I and the Father are one. When you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. It's the only person that doesn't know this is me. Mm. That I'm one with him. Come on. And I've always been one with him. But we came in here with amnesia, and I still don't know exactly why. But I figure once I get through that last veil, I'll know exactly why. It won't probably matter to me much at that point because <laughs> I'm in. It's a party in here. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anybody have any questions or comments or anything? We didn't really. Let's see. Um... That one's a weird one. Did you see that? That's probably one of those things you talked I, about. Yeah, I got took care of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, resting by the still waters. You're right, Eddie. Come mm -hmm. on, man. And all things, guys. Honestly, everything that God shows me outwardly, I take inwardly. So if if God's showing me something to do with the body, it's because He wants to reveal something also in me. And so, like I said, that none of that was criticism. It was just no. love uh, because we want to see people enter into the fullness of who the Father is where there's no time and delay and there's no, no, you know, they can just experience it right now and they can start living out of birthright instead of provision for um, performance, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, I enter often on fairly regularly not not every day but quite a bit into that other dimension and um it is amazing because it's not that i'm not in my living room it's kind of like paul i was caught up to the third heaven I if i wasn't i wasn't so that means he was still in his body he's just writing it that way it gets all the silly people out of the way right Mm -hmm. It's like he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, like John. That's what he's trying to tell you. And he'd arrived there. And I get to taste of it and experience it. Um, <clears throat> but I haven't uh, went there to live fully, and I want to. It's the most beautiful place. It's like everything has a whole new perception on it, and it's it's jammed with the presence and the glory of God. It's like the best sunshine day you can ever find, except it's not just sunny outside, it's sunny in you. It's shining in you, and you're a part of it. It's in me, I'm in it, 
And it's like um, things are very clear in my understanding at that point. And um, most of the times when this happens, I never talk. I'm more just uh, like laying out in the sun to get a tan. I'm just loving him in the simplicity and the stillness of that rest. Mm. That's what I do. And I, I uh, think about that place all the time because it's right here in me. It's my heart opening to live from the heart. It was opening, Sunder. I have the key to the inner chamber of your heart, Jesus said, and I'll unlock it. And who's Jesus? The living word. He's the light. His life is the light of men. His life is the light of man. Book of John. So his life came because his life's in everything. Right? Mm-hmm. He's life. But he came to give us light, yeah. to restore us into that life. <laughs> Instead of us thinking we are individuals and we're treating each other that way, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Come on. So, love is the answer. But it's got to be real, it's got to be experiential, and it's got to be like a kiss. Song of Solomon, last week. Yeah, I like that. Song of Solomon. Bless you guys. It was uh, good tonight. We're getting stretched a little further. And I just want to leave this one thing with you. Um, I've said this, I think, last week uh, when I was sharing some of those things about Revelations that um, in 1978, I heard a trumpet at 3 in the morning. Now, I woke up out of my sleep, and it was still blowing. And I've said, I thought I missed the rapture in my construct. So what does that mean in light of the books being written about the last seven years of time? God's the one that revealed it to me. I'll tell you what it meant, is that I was in one of the trumpets in my life. That's what was going on. He was revealing to me that I was already in the book of Revelations and on the way to the marriage feast, the union with Jesus and the Father. That's where I'm going. Come on. The city of God, not made with human hands. Mm. Right? Amen. So if, if that helps, I mean, <laughs> more than anything, you need to ask him where you are, if it matters. And... Um, I'm not saying there isn't some literal things that he spoke about there, but you do realize he did speak a lot and in, in allegories, he said. And that is the one, two, third level of uh, rabbinic understanding. Three maggots in my hair. That's what he was doing. He was speaking allegorically to me, and he was getting my attention real quick. Seriously, when I woke up, I was rubbing my fingers <laughs> through my hair, going, because it was so real. I was freaking out. And this is a long time ago when I was a young Christian. And I'm rubbing my fingers through my hair. And if he hadn't told me that, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah. Right? But then once he did, it made perfect sense. Oh, we've come to take care of that carnality. We're going to eat it. It's going to be gone. Come on. And the carnality was the way I think, my mind.
That's why it was on my head, just like Jesus dying on the skull. The mountain called it the skull. It's your mind. It's all going to be like a kind uh, when we get there, well, whenever, when we all wake up. Um, there will be this book called the Book of Life, right? It's really you living. We're in the Book of Life. Your name's written because you're here. Okay, cool. So we, we will look at the life here in the book, what, what's happened. And I think it's going to be a little bit like a kindergarten storybook. <laughs> See Dick and Jane go up the hill. It's going to be so simple, but it was completely shut off from our carnal mind. That's what happened when we fell from spirit into the mind of man. That's when we felt naked from the glory of God. Come on. Mm -hmm. Self-reliance. Self-reliance. Bless you guys. Hope you had a good night. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>